Welcome to our podcast, This Life, The Chronicles of Autism Mums. I'm Alison Saraf, and I'm joined each week by amazing women who happen to have children on the spectrum. We talk about navigating the ups and downs of parenting kids with autism and how that affected us and our lives as women, professionals and mothers. Strap in, grab some tissues, sometimes you'll cry from empathy and others from laughter. Join us on our journey of this life. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of This Life, the Chronicles of Autism Mums. I'm Alison Saraf and I'm here today with Reen, Moira and Maha. Welcome ladies. Hello. Uh, Today we are going to be talking about your top travel tips. We're all expat women. We have uh, families and we regularly travel. Um, So we today are going to be talking about um, how, what we find stressful, um, how we've overcome the anxiety and the stress. Um... And how we manage it and our on our top tips for that. So um, for you guys, obviously there's a lot of um, there's a lot of changes for our children when we travel um, and when we go on vacation. So what do you find or what did you find in the past? Because I think all, now we're all kind of quite a lot more relaxed about traveling. But uh, what did you find in the past was the most stressful part of um, the journey for you guys with the kids? Okay, um, I think it's just total, just not knowing what to expect. Mm-hmm. Our kids are not... Expect the unexpected. Oh, <laughs> it's like you can prepare as much as you like mm. and they'll either be amazing or they won't. So I think, you know, your usual things of picking the right time of day if you're taking a flight, if they're good at night, if they're good in the day, you know, just trying to make it as easy as possible for them. But for me, I've been quite blessed and lucky that my kids never had any issues traveling. So we've been flying everywhere since they were born. Um, and I think they're just, it's just become a mode of transport for them. It hasn't actually been something that I needed to, mm. to do too much preparation for. I think when they were toddlers or when, when my son was a toddler, um, you know, do things like you have to sit and put your seatbelt on. You know, it's hard to tell a three-year-old child with autism that that's what they must do for safety. Um, but lucky for me, he was more than happy to just sit and not move because he was probably so anxious anyway. So for me personally, I didn't have those those issues. Um, Do you think yeah. it helps that we are frequent travellers? Do you think yes. that helps our kids Definitely. to... Um, and how do you think that helps them, Moira? Definitely. Well, it's just the norm, isn't mm-hmm. it? I, yeah, again, I'm quite lucky. Both of mine are good travellers. Um, I think when we moved from Callum coming out of a buggy was quite a transition. But um, I think I was overly preparing activities and toys and packing bags full of stuff right. to try and keep them those occupied. Days. Yeah. Um, and now, fast forward, I'm struggling to get him to put stuff to entertain himself in a bag. He's, his line is, I don't need anything, I've got my mind. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, That's really impressive. How profound. Yeah. <laughs> I wish that I'm, was enough for me. I know, I'm still a little bit anxious, but I want you to have something to do with your hands and something that, yeah, he, on the plane, which is our usual mode of transport, he just watches movie after movie after yep. movie. He's quite happy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're lucky now with the aeroplanes like having so much um there's so much entertainment yeah, yeah. yeah like, exactly. i think it's so many options the right. only semi stressful uh. bit is prior to getting on the plane and the 
and the cues. Right. Yes. Um, but we've overcome that with we have a handy little car. Oh, yes. So that's actually a good advice for anybody, actually, who's looking to travel, maybe for the yeah. first time, second time. I know in the UK they offer um, the sunflower. The sunflower, yes. And so we have that lanyard. I think generally in most countries there is something that is recognised as um, an autism-friendly... France. France, we discovered Nothing. are not overly receptive mm-hmm. at the airport. Right. Like when we go to attractions, yeah. like the Eiffel Tower or something, mm-hmm. couldn't have helped us more right um but airports france has been the worst but yeah through the uk we use the sunflower yeah. and it's recognized yeah. and he's always wearing it mm-hmm. and here in qatar we have the autism card and oh my goodness we it have, works well yeah we have yeah. gone to the front of the queue yeah. feeling it's slightly quite, guilty I but know, not too but much this is the thing it's kind of like well do we really need to well, no because, because we've got were, it because you've you should use it if you've got it because it's helpful at one o'clock in the morning when you're landing and the queues are exactly. out of the door and, and quite often he's he's absolutely fine and i right. feel a bit people yeah. will be looking at as well what's wrong with you no, but you should use there it. are when he wants to stim and we're mm-hmm. in that situation i'm like mm-hmm. just go for it um and also you know when you're in those situations close quarters with other people you know maybe you're in the airport or maybe you're on the flight or you know maybe in a theme park or wherever you might be that is a different environment for them and maybe they're um, in the past you know if they've been stimming or um, upset tantruming crying you know just because the situation is not they're finding the situation overwhelming how have you dealt in the past with scrutiny? Have you experienced scrutiny from other people, families, travellers? And how have you dealt with that, Reen? Have you experienced any stares or looks in the past? I think here it's... Um, I think here they're more concerned with the kid yeah. rather than, you know, right. rather than you. Because yeah. I've got... I had an experience here when, you know, Mikal was just lying on the floor crying and it's all... Is he okay? Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. came up to him and mm-hmm. I said, okay, you know, they're, they're more concerned about... It's you know, a compassion, I think, yeah. here for children, right, especially. It's right. a lot of kindness Rather for children. Rather looking at you, like, what did you do yeah. wrong? They're not the... judging your parenting. No, <laughs> no, no yeah. you know. But uh, on the plane, yeah, like on the plane when he was... I mean, now I don't have any problems, oh, right? right? Yeah. They're much bigger, mm-hmm. they're frequent travelers. Mm-hmm. Like, it's e- easy. But when they were little, it was quite tough. And especially if you're traveling alone with two kids under the age of four and one is on the spectrum it's not um that easy to mm. you to wouldn't handle. recommend it <laughs> i wouldn't recommend <laughs> yeah. it you'll, you'll go bonkers. but it's funny yeah. though because you put yourself in situations to travel right, right? you know if you right. need to get home to your home right. country right then very often you know that yeah. will be that will be something that you will push yeah. yourself to do right. you, you just have to deal with exactly it. Yeah. so you wouldn't necessarily deal with it but i mean you know if you are you know, if he is having a tantrum or was in the, you know, the middle of the aeroplane, because we all see that with little babies. And I think, you know, there's a lot of people that find that really annoying and they'll vocally say, oh, can you just deal with your child? But when you've got a three, four, five, six-year-old or an older child who is not necessarily mm. used to traveling, um, I think people see babies in a very different light. But if they see, a, you know, a child um, of an older age tantruming or, you know, having maybe behaviors that they're not used to seeing right um there is some scrutiny there and yeah. the stares yeah. and looks not not even maybe some yeah. judgment you know wh- whatever it might be Mikhail used to go under the seat and get and on the seat of the plane and mm-hmm. run Crawl off yeah. you know and i'm yeah. like here i've already fastened his seat belt mm. and we're about to take it and suddenly he's gone you yeah. know and people are 
and the flight attendants are like, you know, your son needs to do, and I'm like, I'll sort it out. Just yeah. don't, don't, don't fuss panic. about it. You don't know, delay I'll, the takeoff. Yeah. <laughs> Quickly, <laughs> get Snakes on a plane. <laughs> right. So it's, um, yeah, you do get, but right. you, you just have to, I mean. Is it, is it, do you think it's just a case of just black, blocking it out and you just saying, do you know what? everyone out. Um, and actually one thing that we will be doing with this episode is um, we have a, a friend actually of um, the, the podcast and her son has fragile X syndrome. Um, so a, a lot of the, um, a lot of the behaviors are pretty similar to autism, especially in that kind of closed environment. So she actually carries a card with her um, to pass out on the airplane to anybody that might be in their vicinity. And it just basically explains a little bit about Fragile X and what you might mm-hmm. expect. Because um, nothing terrible is going to no, happen, yeah. but I think it just... It kind of calms her. It's not nothing for the child, like nothing for him at all. It's all about just calming the situation around and stopping that kind of level of anxiety that parents get. Um, So what we will be doing is we'll be producing a printout, a printable that you can use. So it will be like an autism card for traveling. So we'll do that just so that um, if you, you know, if you don't want to have that conversation or you feel that you're in a situation that is um, getting to a point where, you know, it's, um, you know, there's there's going to be some sort of conflict. It's always kind of quite good to maybe diffuse the situation mm-hmm. if you're worried or you've got yeah. an anticipation because people, I would hope in most cases, would empathize with you rather than just judge you for, you know, not being a good parent or, you know, judging whatever it might be yeah. or judging your child. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and what about further on in the journey? So, you know, you get to the other side generally everyone's exhausted by the time they get off the airplane and then you know there's that whole process of actually getting to your end destination um and there's there's a lot for our children to um to deal with i think and cope with at those times you know we've got to then get the bags and we've got to oh i got a story oh tell us the story <laughs> so i was traveling to greece uh it was a last minute decision so it was uh hubby was already there so i was I didn't know why I said yes, not thinking that I'm traveling with a two-year-old and a three-year-old on my own. So You were just thinking about Greece. Yeah, yes. I was just thinking about, the, about Greece and the beach, right? So um, we got in the plane, and I've got these two who refused to be on a seat, uh, on a seat, on a seat belt. So the, the attendant was fussing about, and then eventually everybody sat, everybody slept. And once we arrived, so I got the diaper bag on one hand I've got Ryan who was still sleeping on my arm and as soon as the door opened Mikhail just ran out and here I was running up to him screaming Mikhail and I'm <laughs> like stop like, <laughs> and thank god the airport was then small so eventually I got him and I managed to catch him and but he still was walking really fast and I was like like you know I've got this boy on my other hand and my and a huge diaper bag with like bottles of because they were still drinking their milk from their bottles so I've got like four bottles with diapers and all sorts oh it was God. crazy we went I know we reached the immigration and then we left the immigration and he ran to uh, where you get your luggage and when I arrived there I realized that oh I don't have euros with me I can't take 
Oh, the, the trolley. trolley. No. And no. Why do they do that at the airport? It drives me I'm crazy. Like, oh, I totally forgot. It was a last minute trip. And I totally, completely forgot. So uh, what I did was, I, and Mikal was God knows where. And I had, so I stacked up the, I, I, I went and went to the exchange, like travel exchange and managed to get a euro, a euro. So I got my trolley. I couldn't think about Mikal because I needed the trolley. So then I put our um, a hand luggage and a diaper bag and I put Ryan on it. And I took out this brand new makeup set I had in my bag and I gave him to fiddle with it. What? And then the security, the security. Her makeup, uh, listeners. So this, this is this is. And the security uh, lady came to me and said, like, "Don't worry about him. I'll look after. I look after him. That was Mikhail. I'll chase oh, after him, good. and you just get your bags. Yeah. So the security was really nice and was chasing after Mikhail from one end to the other end. So I got my bags, and then finally I went and grabbed Mikhail. And then when I look at my makeup set, it was a disaster because it had holes and brushes all oh. and I'm like it's okay you're safe both of you are in my arms oh. and then we yeah and, left. and I'm like I told when I reached the hotel I told my husband I will never oh, yeah. ever do this again you owe me a makeup set uh, exactly. <laughs> so we got at the hotel and I dumped both in the bath yeah and I just sat down yeah and I'm like Never, I'm never. never. and he came back he came inside he came to the room and says okay let's go outside seeing I'm like no, what? no. <laughs> Do you see this too? No, never again. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my story. Oh my goodness, Ring. I don't think. Um, I think we've kind of all been in those situations at some point, not necessarily on an airplane or in an airport to Greece, but I know that there have been situations that have made me mm. sweat with the children. Yes. And at the time, you just grin and kind of bear it and yes. get through it and and like you say when you put them in the bath it's like this Brilliant. massive relief that you you know and it's I think it's actually quite amazing how resourceful you can be and how resourceful you are when you're um when you're in those kind of situations okay thank you for that that interesting story Reen. um so moving from um you know, the, the airplane and collecting the luggage and everything else. So, you know, when we book holidays and when we go on vacation, we're not necessarily always going back to our, you know, houses if we're expats. It could be hotels, could be family stays. What are the things that, you know, when the kids were smaller would concern you most? And what were the things that, you know, with food, diet, um, new beds, you know, what were the must-haves for you and the things that you, you used to stress you out most about what could kind of go wrong about those sort of situations, Moira? Um, I don't know. I mean, you can pretty much get beige food everywhere, <laughs> which is a bit Not of a requirement. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, gosh, I'm... I'm not sure we made a huge amount of concessions for... We, we went places and did things that we just thought they would enjoy. And obviously there was things that we couldn't do with Callum back then, like being in dark theme park rides or something and noisy, you know, that kind of thing. Mm. But I wouldn't say that's necessarily an autism constraint. Mm. Lots of kids are like that. Mm -hmm. Um <sighs> But yeah, I don't know. Just I, I think we I just would always try and make sure that had something 
that would maybe calm him down or something familiar with him. I mean, he always carried Mr. Dinosaur, Dinosaur. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> yeah. um, and even to this day, he still likes to have something in his hand. So, um, uh, yeah, I'm, I think we've been very lucky. Right. I mean, I might have just blacked out some horrific yeah. incidents <laughs> to the back of my head. But, it's been um, too many years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And oh. I do remember, uh, and I still do it to some degree, but not so much now, trying to quieten them down and try and be normal and not draw attention, but I don't bother now so much. His sister gets a little bit kind of quiet. But um, yeah, for the most part now, mm-hmm. we just take it as it comes and right. let them be. Mm-hmm. What about you, Maha? Um, I think we, yeah, well, look, we always try and choose the holiday that suits our family, I guess. Like things like Kids Club was never something that right. I could ever consider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of families are like, oh, I've got to go to this resort. They've yeah. got a great Kids Club. The kids will be busy all day. Yeah. And I'm like, well, no, it doesn't sort of apply to me. I can't mm-hmm. leave him at Kids Club. So always trying to find something that we could enjoy together. Yes. So something that I would enjoy, he would enjoy. Mainly we love the ocean, lucky for us. So it was always beach and pool type holidays mm-hmm. for our family because then I could be in the ocean with him his dad could be in the ocean with him or in the pool so that sort of trip suited us um, we did our first sort of bit of a road trip in Spain a couple of years ago when he was about nine eight or nine and that was like a big deal for us because we were sort of driving for nine days over, all over Spain and it couldn't have turned out better like we had an incredible time so it was just, I think once they get older and they just, they know how to regulate and they can communicate and we, we know them better. We can choose our holidays and vacations based on that. But yeah, definitely when they were younger, it was all about, you know, a contained resort that we could just enjoy activities with them. And that was it. It Is wasn't it, really. I think a, we preempt too many situations right, that yes. are probably never going to happen. Right. That's we're always right. kind of just, that's true. And I think, um, Certainly it's changed since the kids have got older. So if you have got younger children, then it does get better and it gets easier, you know, like it does with all of our kids. Um, but I think that's that's the key to anybody going on holiday with that's a family right. is all, try, you know, trying to find something that kids enjoy because if they enjoy it, then you're going to have a better holiday. Um, I remember, funny you should say mm. about um, kids clubs, mm. we we travelled all the way to Turks and Caicos because there was a resort oh, yes. there that had the first autism-friendly certification really on their good. kids club. So we thought it would be a really good vacation for us. We were only there for like four days out of a trip that we were doing. And um, we got there, the kids club looked amazing. There was an amazing water park in this um, in this resort that we were at. And uh, Noah was quite happy to stay in the kids club, but my girls were like, no, we're not going to kids club. We want to stay yeah. with you. Yeah. So we got all the way to Turks and It totally backfired. I mean, it was great actually, because they had this huge water park and um, my husband and I just sat uh, and it was a revelation for us because we literally just plonked ourselves on sun loungers. They can all swim. And um, the girls were with him. There were really great lifeguards everywhere and it wasn't too busy. So we were literally plonked ourselves on two sun loungers right at the bottom of one of the slides. We made that our base for like the mm. three days because we'd go back every single day. And the kids would just come back to us. It was like, it was, and it was mm. like, we just it's need to great. go to a water park on holiday yes. yeah. because everyone's happy, happy you yeah. know, and we've got three kids at quite different ages, but everybody 
really yeah, yeah they really really enjoyed that and and actually another experience that we had last year um so you know as you guys know we're all expats so we generally travel a lot but covid has really kind of mm. <laughs> stopped us in our tracks for like That's two right. and a half years so last year was the first year that we were able to travel um, and we weren't able to get home. So we went to the US and we decided we were going to do a road trip for four mm. weeks. And there was quite a lot of planning involved in that, N- not just because of Noah, but because of all of us, you know, just trying to find a place that was suitable for everybody that everybody would like. And, you know, yada, yada, lots of considerations for a family of five. But the interesting the thing that worried me the most was that I had I told Noah and we told the kids like because we, we only kind of booked it four weeks before it was a bit of a kind of panic holiday and um I said to him oh, we're going to go on the airplane and I know you guys remember because mm. I was talking to you about because I was absolutely panicking because his reaction was no thank you no thank you for the airplane so I was like no <laughs> this is a 16 hour flight <laughs> like no thank you for the airplane I mean and yeah. then I went into a panic mode because I was like oh my god we're going to be on a plane for 16 hours and he's just going to be in the worst yeah. of moods and we're very lucky because he he's generally quite chill about things and he's always been very chill about traveling because it's so Mm. frequent for him but obviously that break of two years anxiety all of that about everything that was happening he was just absolutely Mm -hmm. no I'm not going so my eldest daughter she actually put a social story book together so she literally because it was a road trip so it was sounds ridiculous it was mm. four states nine stops oh my god <laughs> with three kids and a, four suitcases yeah. um but it was it, she she'd mapped out the hotels she'd put, put a book together and he really likes Peppa Pig so he'd got Peppa Pig doing all these different oh, activities you know and it literally walked her him through right from the airport what he was going to see at the airport what was going to happen on the airplane oh. every resort that we were staying at so every hotel there was a picture of the hotel and the water slides is that's what I do find every hotel with a water slide (laughs) and um so all of that and actually that really really helped his anxiety so we started talking about that for like the two weeks prior to the um the the visit and I noticed that, I mean, he was totally fine on the plane, which was amazing. He just wouldn't put his headphones on for the first, like, hour. But then after that, he was totally fine. He was, like, in his groove. And it was like, okay, this is fine. But what I did notice was that for the first, like, two or three stops of this mammoth road trip that we Mm. were taking, he'd go back to that book and look at it. And then after that, his anxiety was like, well, I'm with my family. I'm here. I'm having a good time. I don't know what's co- I don't really care what's coming next, but it's something that I would definitely recommend to anybody, even if you're, you know, taking just a, a one week vacation somewhere, you know, in your home country, or even if you're traveling, it's definitely something that I recommend because it really helps. Um, so just to sum up, ladies, what are your top tips for keeping yourself chill and calm? What should you organize? What should you not like give a damn about you know and what what do you need to kind of put into perspective about these vacations because we work hard they're expensive we We don't want to spoil it for ourselves so we we need a break break. (laughs) we all need a break so what are your top tips for that you know just just to enjoy the lead up because I think that's half of the fun of holidays is like the excitement Mm -hmm. of going away yes but also we all need a break we all need a break we all need to relax so what are your top tips for kind of keeping all of that in mind and in perspective when you're planning um, and what's important, Reen? 
I plan with the kids. Right. So, oh, nice. Yeah, That's so a good idea. Do, yeah. So yeah. what we do is, because I want to fit shopping in. Yeah. So I must make sure that they're aware that wherever we're going, there's shopping in it. Yeah. So I make them. You trade them. Yeah. So yeah. I make them researched. Uh, so they do a presentation and they find out where they want to go. So we're in sync. Yeah. I know where I want to go. Mm-hmm. They need to know where they're going to mm-hmm. go. So, so they, they do that and it's. It's quite good because they're aware of where they are going right. um, and what's there. Yeah. Uh, if you want to go to a theme park, they know what's there. And they know when we want to go shopping, what's there. So maybe a shopping place that has a play area or a shopping place that has a park. Yeah. So, mm. yeah. That's a really so, great idea. Yeah. That's kind of like the next step, isn't it? That's the right. step up from the social, like a social story yeah. about yeah. that. Yeah. And also... So everybody kind of, gets their, their And pick. they get control. They're yeah. controlling the situation yeah. and they, you know, they know what to anticipate. Right. Yeah. So that's... that's and good. Ree knows what shop she's mm. going to. I, I love it. <laughs> awesome. What about you, Moira? Yeah, we've kind of done that for this summer's trip as well um all for the first stop in new york so they've both chosen two places that they want to go um and we did i like the social what maya did was was brilliant and we we did do a little bit of that when we did a tour around europe years ago um and he did like it so maybe i will steal that again and Mm. try again this summer because we're going to go to a few different places um but tips uh well, yeah, those two are good tips. <laughs> <laughs> Maha. Yes, very good. <laughs> the end. Um, I think when they're young, yeah, look, always having the backpack yeah. with you with their activities. The age, look, yeah. the food on the plane is terrible. Oh, we all know so that. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. always eat yeah, before we get whole, on the plane. Uh, so I always snacks. make sandwiches and take biscuits and stuff. I don't think they've ever had a meal on a flight no. because... It, it smells terrible, especially the sensory. Yeah, yeah. No, they're kids. When they are sensory, those, yeah, yeah. that smell, as soon as you open that. Well, the, oh, yeah. Oh. So just, you know, and when a child doesn't eat, you know what happens. Oh, yeah. They get even worse. Yeah, yeah. So definitely Great having advice. that yeah. prepped on the plane. Like mm-hmm. if you, and don't worry about, oh, you know, it's got too much sugar. I don't know. Just give them whatever it's yeah. going to get you yeah, through yeah. the flight. Worry yeah. about mm-hmm. everything else at the other end. Um, so that would probably be my biggest tip flying anywhere. Right. Thank you so much for joining us today and we will see you for uh, the next episode of This Life.